welcome to Dog Logical. I'm your host, Renee Rhodes, the behavior and training specialist behind R Plus Dogs. Here at Dog Logical, I hope to make sense of your dog's behavior and give you insight that gives you the best relationship possible. If you'd like to know more about me or you're looking for your next dog professional to work with, you can find me at rplusdogs.com. And with that, let's get into the podcast. Hi guys, and welcome to the podcast. Today we have Mandy Baltel from Wolf Culture here. Hi, Mandy. Hi, Renee. Thanks for having me on. Did you want to just take a moment and introduce yourself to those who may not know who you are? Yeah, sure. So I am Mandy Bautel. I'm the founder and creator of Wolf Culture, which is a clothing apparel company that's been around for two years now. And our whole mission is just to advocate, spread awareness towards humane and force-free training methods. Awesome. So um, where are you guys based? Uh, we are located in McMinnville, Oregon, just an hour outside of Portland. We originally started the business when we were living in San Francisco, California. Nice. When did you guys move? Uh, at the peak of the pandemic. It'll be a year, <laughs> uh, April 23rd, that we uprooted our lives. Oh, God. That must be scary, like moving and, you know, was it right? In was a pandemic. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It was hot. Like I had to wear gloves going into the, you know, outside like bathrooms and stuff. It was, it was glamorous and it was like a 10 hour drive, oh my but God. I love it. <laughs> so tell us, when did you first kind of get into animals, went into training and things? When did you get the bug? Um, you know, it's really funny. I feel like my husband kind of just spent, spun my whole life around. So when I met him in 2014, uh, he was a dog walker. I was a hairstylist, believe it or not. And I was extremely jealous of his career. I was like, I'm just going to quit my job and you need to hire me. And he was like, I don't know about that, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> and so he hired me on and I went through the dog biz dog walking Academy where I got my certification to be a professional dog walker. And I did that for about four years before deciding I wanted to help people and their dogs a bit more by doing training. And I went through the dog training internship Academy created by Janice Bradley in San Francisco. Cool. Yeah. He definitely did change your life. Didn't he? He really did. <laughs> it's like, you have an ideal job. I want that. I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of a therapy, cause we all know that hairstyles are basically just free therapists as well. So you right now I'm a marriage counselor <laughs> and dog trainer. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, that people don't understand that the dog professional wears many, many hats and some of those are dogs, but some of those, you know, are to do with people a lot. You're also a therapist and marriage counselor. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life coach, therapist, marriage counselor. Yeah. Yeah. All of, all of the above enthusiast, cheerleader, like, yeah, it's shoulder just, to cry on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I happily wear all the hats. I think. Right. It's a good um, balance. So you do have, you have two adorable dogs. Do you want to tell us about them? I do. I have uh, my senior boy, Pip. We call him Papa Pip. Uh, we adopted him almost two years ago. It'll be two years in October from Muttville SF. It's a senior dog rescue in San Francisco. Um, he came to us with a lot of health issues. I didn't think he would live a year, but apparently he is the gold standard of health and he's doing amazing so that's awesome um and then we have a pips probably about coming up on nine maybe ten i never know with him but uh we also have a puppy i believe she is the carolina dog she definitely looks like one which is basically an american dingo um she is she just hit six months her name is fern and she keeps me active. I love it. <laughs> she, I have a natural agility dog. She's already <laughs> making her own course in the backyard. I was like, ah, there it is. We'll be doing that. They are both adorable. I have a Thank you. Nero's become a senior dog, much to my like 
heartache dismay right I know, i'm like no don't get any older um i love senior dogs though. i know I now love i do them. though now i'm like oh look at that little old dog <laughs> oh god don't go look on muttville's website you'll want them all oh, i actually god. stalked pip on their website for four months wow and kept i kept telling josh i'm like i want him i need him he needs he's my dog he's like i don't know old dog you really want to i'm like yes <laughs> and then it coincidentally i love this story um his foster mom at the time was wearing wolf culture because she was also a trainer and she tagged me and i saw that she was fostering him and i was like oh she's wearing my shirt i need to just go meet her and meet this dog and end of story we got pip Oh, that's such a cute story. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't have, you know, found him if it wasn't for wolf culture. Oh, no, it's adorable. I think they're both adorable, but there's Thank just you. something, I don't know. There's just something extra about like older, you know, sassy kind of like I'm here dogs. Like they're just <laughs> past the point of just being like, I don't even care anymore. Like I'm just here and you're going to love me. Yep. That is exactly Pip's MO. <laughs> <laughs> So, you got what you get. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, so when you got started, how long after you met Josh, did you like, was it immediately or were you like just kind of, you know, watching what he did? For training or? Yeah. Um, I think, so it's interesting. When we first started dating, um, that was October, 2014, I was like, wow, this is so cool. He's a dog walker. He gets to be outside and be active all day. Um, and then he had just finished his dog training internship academy program, uh, November or December. He had just wrapped it up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I didn't really put thought into it. And then I was, you know, being a dog walker, you get burnt out. It's exhausting, you know, zooming around in San Francisco in traffic all day, walking six to eight dogs at a time. It wears you down, even though I loved it. And I was noticing that there were a lot of behavioral issues with a lot of the dogs I walked. And I was just thinking like, wow, I could better serve these dogs and their people if I was a trainer, because then I can, you know, make little like, oh, hey, this would work if you did this, or I can work on this while we're walking. And so I did. And actually, when you're in that program, you need to do or work with four different dogs and all the dogs I worked with were my dog walking clients. So my clients got to see the change in their dog's behavior because of the training. So I was kind of just playing both sides. I was, you know, walking and training at the same time. And they, all my clients have told me like, there's such a huge difference. And I'm like, huh, wonder why. <laughs> Amazing how that happens. <laughs> right. But so, I mean, I had like the best dog walking dogs because I was just constantly training with them all, all the time. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, you know, um, you get to experience the dog, especially if you see them on a routine basis, you get to experience building a relationship with that dog and they, oh, yeah. you know, they start to kind of pick up on, on that relationship aspect and, and really blossom. You're in their circle. Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. So how did, how did wolf culture come about? It's really funny. So we were on a walk and my husband always likes to, you know, next best thing. What are we doing now? What's our next work goal? Cause for years we've just been wanting to grind and get ahead. So he was like, you always say that there are no cool t-shirts related to what we do. And you always say like, this would be good on a t-shirt. Why don't we start a t-shirt company? And I kind of just laughed it off and was like, that's that. okay. Yeah. How can we do that? Like, really, how can we do that? And he was like, no, like it's possible. We can do it. We use a print on demand company. So we're not having to fulfill anything, but we can cater to more people. And he was like, I guarantee if you want these shirts, people are going to want these shirts too. If we make them look good and not just tacky, cheesy font, like some that are out there. And I was just like, are you sh all right? Okay. And then he came to me the next day, we were on a dog walk together and he was like, I have a name for it. What about wolf culture? But we spell culture differently. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> and I was just like, 
oh, all right, I'll follow your lead. It sounds cool. And so we just started doing it. And uh, if you scroll back to our very first Instagram posts, you'd be like, what were they doing? Because we were making, like, it's not what it was, what it is now. Like we had made shirts that said like doggos, puppers, woofers. And <laughs> I mean, we still have the pity party shirt and that still sells, but like, that is the only like OG shirt that really sold. Um, we noticed to head in the direction towards the R plus community when we made the click treat, click treat, click treat. That is one of our first shirts and that sold like crazy. And we were just like, oh, okay. Like people actually really like this. They like what we're doing then. And then we just rolled with it. I love how you, I think you just described like every entrepreneur ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing? And then <laughs> you just hit that like sweet spot. And it's like, oh, this is what you want. That's what you want. Okay. <laughs> yeah. At first I was like, oh, 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 wow. This is not going to do well. Like the dog mom thing is overrated. And then I was like, oh trainers that's my market those are my people and then I found the positive reinforcement community on Instagram and it just blew my mind I'm like where have these people been all my life like these are my people yeah I've made so many friends through it it's amazing yeah so part of the reason why I wanted to get you on this episode was to talk about language. So a lot of the language that we see on shirts and, and the other items that you do is, is very powerful language, right? It's like the, the way that we want to present ourselves to the world. Right. And there's trends in the way that we talk about our dogs or the way that some have presented themselves historically. Right. And it creates a lot of division, I think, sometimes. One of the, I would say one of the major ones for me is the, the word guardian versus owner. I have not used owner in, I don't even know how long. <laughs> right. I, I feel like it's interesting because I don't feel like my verbiage really changed until I started woof culture and until I started realizing what I was putting on shirts and I'm like, oh, that doesn't look good. And it, it's interesting because it's like, you don't really, your dog isn't property. It's a, it's an animal. It's a being, they are domesticated animals that we are asking to live with us and be a part of our lives. As human beings, I feel like there's that need of like control. I control it, I own it, but my dog isn't my property. And I'm, yeah, I adopted them. So technically I'm their like parent, but I think guardian is just so much better suited because they're under our care and we are their guardians, plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, I went through a phase where I was saying things like Paul rent, and then right like, to be oh, cute, Renee. Yeah, Renee, yeah. like just that just looks awful. Like, even saying it, you know, I'd say it to clients, and I'd be like, "Oh God, the shame." Baseball. Right. <laughs> but I think that's that transition word almost. Yeah, you go from saying owner to paw rent, and then you're like, "Yeah, you're you're their guardian." And now when I say it, I automatically say guardian. I don't say owner. I don't really say parent that much either. Yeah. I say hu human and guardian tend to be the two mm -hmm. that I say, I say the most, but I, I never went through a fur mom phase when people make no, fun never. of like, oh, you guys are fur moms. I'm like, I've never said that term. <laughs> Not that I, I'll say mom, mom and dad, but that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, I will too. And I cringe a little bit when I hear mm -hmm. fur mom. It just, I, I envision a human covered in fur. Like, <laughs> it's not what I think they're, they're talking about. <laughs> or fur baby. That one kind of bugs yeah, me. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. Again, it's not really, it's that one's sweeter, I think to me, but the fur mom just, it just doesn't, it doesn't fit well. I'm a very visual person. Now I just envision a furry mother figure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you ruined wearing it Wearing an me. apron and having like curls and yeah, uh, no, it just, it doesn't work for me. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think another one is the, the Q versus command, which you have that fantastic shirt. Yes. Which, you know, I would totally, I hate being in the UK because there's so many things I see and I'm like, I want that, but I, I might just need to send you some goodies then for having me on. <laughs> but I, some... 
I have ordered, I have ordered before and I tried to get some friends to be like, Hey, you know, we can like share the shipping or whatever. And they would like, Mm -hmm. Oh no. So, you know, (laughs) losers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to treat myself. And that was, for me, that was a a treat, but um, I think that one's great. And I think that's another one that I, I strive again, I've never really said command either, but I've almost yeah. always, said, I'll say, you, do you want to ask your dog or prompt them? Yes, exactly. Which is, is pretty much exactly the cue. When I think of cue, I usually explain it to people. Like if you're an actor, you're going to cue yeah. that person to respond. So like, this exactly. is for you to do something, but you've practiced it because like, that's, Oh, that's my cue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about, about those two? Oh yeah, no, I, I do not like the word command. I have never used it. I feel like with the word command, there's kind of this, I just envision, I'm very visual as well. I envision like a drill sergeant mm. and, you know, giving orders and do it or else. So when I think Q versus command with command, I always think do it or else. Q is, oh, here's your Q. Do you want to do this? Do you want to opt out? And for my dogs, I always give them opt in or opt out and they give me a cue, but I just, I feel like command just, Ooh, it's just icky to me. It sounds (laughs) mean and controlling and like who wants to be commanded to do anything? No, no one. And in a normal relationship, like if I said to maybe Scott, like I command you to do this, he would probably laugh at me because (laughs) he'd be like, are you serious? Yeah. But again, it's that kind of, I command you to do something. You command genies out of bottles. That's what, you know. Right. And it's barking an order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel like the hardest thing is that most dog, cute dog guardians, I was going to say humans, but that didn't sound right in that sentence. <laughs> but most dog guardians, they don't, they just don't know. It's just lack yeah. of knowledge. Um, like I was talking to one of my friends who I'm working on with her, with her dog And she said, oh, what, how do we teach these new commands? And I just said, okay, so first of all, they're cues because we're not commanding anything of our dog. And she was like, you're right. And I'm like, see, you just got to change your perspective. She's like, you're right. I don't want to command him to do anything. Like, see, that's simple. Only that it was that simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We would we would not be having this conversation. I just I just start using the word. Like if I'm with a client and they might say something like a command or whatever, then I just start using Q. So if I'm explaining it, I just insert it. The Q is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then I what I often find is, you know, maybe through social pressure, they just start to use that terminology as well. So instead of me totally. having to go through the whole like this is this what is it why. is. Yeah. If some people will ask, they might say like, why are you using that word? Or what does that word mean? And then I'll explain it. But most of the time, I think it just migrates into something else. And then before long, and it's not to say that they don't bring it up later, um, you know, whatever, but at least in that conversation, I'm starting to navigate the, you know, the wordage to something that's a little bit more, because, I mean, the main point is that word, words do matter. Words have emotional attachments to them. And just like us saying, you know, you, you just said command is icky. That's the emotional attachment to that word, which causes you yeah. to not use that word. <laughs> Whereas Q has a really nice, I feel, I feel good saying Q. I feel happy to say that. And, and the emotion behind it is one which is relaxed. And I think it also gives that air of it's been something performed and practiced and we're prompting it rather than we're just going to go demanding it yeah absolutely expecting it right right I feel like command is more of like I expect this of you yeah and I I think you're right like when someone says like oh command 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 and then you're just saying well we're going to cue them to do this and this is going to be the cue they'll pick up on that word because they're going to hear it more from you and they're just going to be like oh they're not using command Hmm. Okay. Maybe it is a cue though. Yeah. I think some people can make the connection easily. And then other people, like I said, sometimes will ask and then I'm happy to explain it. But if we're in the middle of a session, I'm not going to be like, (laughs) right. And then that makes them feel icky. Like, Oh, I did it wrong. And you don't want them to feel uncomfortable. Oh no, never. Absolutely. Cause again, like you said, like, you don't know, you know, if, if this is the terminology that you associate to having a dog and training a dog, why would you make up your own word for that or something, you know, unless somebody says Mm -hmm. to you, 
that's the word you know. So why should you feel feel guilty about that at all? Just like tools. I mean, if you don't know any better, you don't know any better. How do, how are you supposed to know? Exactly. So the last one is my my favorite, which is <laughs> leader versus alpha. Dun, dun, and dun. leader just and, and just think of how that sounds. You know, like leader just sounds like positive, welcoming. I want to lead you to do something better. Alpha, I immediately think like, and not to be, you know, sexist, but I just, I think big, muscular, strong man, like dominating, commanding, like that's what I envisioned for alpha, you know? Yeah. I think another, another word that goes quite nicely with these is boss. Cause that's one that I hear quite often is like, I'm my dog I'm boss. The boss. Yeah. yeah. And even that I'm like, mm, I'm not really my dog's boss. It's a mutual relationship. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's what, that's where that line gets blurred is people think that like, oh, it's an animal. I need to correct it, show it who's boss, command it, put it under my control. When it's like, no, they're an animal. You can teach them to coexist with you and have a mutually beneficial and happy relationship. Yeah. I also think it has to do with what kind of bosses you've had. Cause I've had some, That's true. some horrible bosses and then I've had some amazing bosses. So like, if you are a bosser, a bosser, <laughs> I just made up a new <laughs> If you're a boss who is also a leader, like a positive leader, you know, like yeah. that's the kind of boss you're like, yeah, that's, that's a good boss. That's a good leader. But at the same time, if you have a really terrible boss, you're like, I do not like my boss. My boss is awful. So I think right. it could work either way, but <laughs> I mean, oh, who's had some horrible bosses? Please raise your hands. Um, just like Minus my husband. He's a good boss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why I love being, you know, working for myself. Being self-employed is like, I don't have to have a bad boss again. Like I've had some, I've had some horrible bosses. Like, right. I do uh, like working for myself. Yeah, no, I'm, but I think with it, leader, there's also that sticky area where people say pack leader yes. and I automatically go, I'm a snack leader. <laughs> and they're like, they, they laugh at me. I'm like, no, seriously, like dogs aren't pack animals. I'm not leading a pack. I don't need to be the alpha of our group. I have snacks and yes, I am leading them through life in a humane way, but I'm not bossing them around. Do you know what I envision when I hear snack leader every single time is the Pied Piper. So like instead of the little flute with all the rats yeah! following, it's like <laughs> cheese and a reward for you and a reward for you. And yeah. like all the doggies come running. <laughs> oh, I love that visual. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I get that every single time somebody says snack leader. I'm like, do, 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 do. That's hilarious. I love that. It's great being inside my head sometimes. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds fun. There's just all these little visuals running around, which is sometimes good. And then other times when people bring up stuff, I'm like, no, no, a good visual. I don't like that at all. <laughs> so, I mean, I kind of touched on it before, but how do you feel when I was talking before about the psychology of words for you when you're choosing maybe something that's going to go on some some gear, some you know t-shirts or whatever. Do you go, I mean, does something like come to you and then you're like, that feels great. I really want to express that. Let's go with it. Or do you take time to kind of think about what you're going to put and why? Um, I, I usually really sit and think through it. And it's funny because most of my designs, I'll sit there and I'm like, ah, I can't think. This doesn't look right. This composition's wrong. These words don't look right. Does this make sense? And then I'll just be messing around with it enough that I'm like, oh, that's good. So like I was doing the new uh, set your dog up for success and I was just messing with it. And I couldn't find a font that like really, cause my whole point is I want to make a point with the shirt. Yeah. So like the no breed needs a heavy hand. I wanted to have a visual of that, of like, here are multiple different beads from big to small and none of them require a heavy hand. Or like the set your dog up for success. I wanted success to be big and colorful so that people realize like what the point of training is and how you need to set your dog up for success. So I think that 
when I'm working on designs, the whole point is what point I'm trying to make with what I'm saying and how to emphasize that, if that makes sense, with like fonts, colors, whatever, make it pop so that people can make connections better. Because I'm a visual learner. And so I know that when someone just says words to me, it doesn't really connect. But when I see it visually, it, I get a better connection for some reason. So when I was training in San Francisco, I was always wearing my shirts and people were like, like all my really good clients were starting to get things quicker. And when I say really good clients, I just mean the clients that were really involved in putting the work in, which were most of them. But so say for instance, I was wearing my snack leader shirt and one of my clients was like, does your shirt say snack leader? And I was like, it does. Cause I'm not a pack leader. And they were like, Oh, you are a snack leader. I'm like, I am. Yes, you get it. All right. Awesome. <laughs> it is. And you also, it's, I think it's a very passive way to communicate, you know, that message is like, you know, a person could come up to you and talk about your shirt. A person could just see the shirt and maybe shrug it off or, you know, that, that image kind of stays with them depending on who they are and like, you know, what, what point they are kind of in the day or their, their emotional kind of point. It gives the ability for something to be potentially received. Right. And I mean, I do have, I got some sassy shirts. I mean, everyone's seen the train your dog, bitch. <laughs> That's what you want to wear when someone is just not doing what they need to be doing. Or like uh, the leash your dog. It's mm. the law because it's just, it's like, come on, follow the leash laws where they need to be followed. Um, I think one of my favorites is your dog isn't stubborn because, yeah. oh, and that is a word that is so annoying to me being a trainer is people saying their dog is stubborn. I'm like, no, you didn't follow through with your training protocol or you did something wrong, but your dog is not stubborn. Or you're not just that you're not just not very interesting. I mean, that's generally when people yeah. are like, oh, it's just so stubborn. I'm like, but no, you're not making it. Yeah. You're not them. engaging. Like you're yeah. standing over there, you know, going here, here, here. And it's like, I'm not even looking at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like with that shirt, I made it so like there is a circle around it and to emphasize like your dog is not stubborn. I know I should have added you are at the oh, end of God. it, but someone was like, make it sassier. I'm like, hey, I don't want to start conflicts with my shirts. <laughs> um, but I do also want to help because, you know, being a dog trainer, most of us are introverted. Like, I don't know about you guys, but like I have enjoyed the pandemic and staying at home and not interacting with people. So sometimes my shirts, they speak for you and they prompt conversations for you when you don't know how to prompt one. So like the leash, your dog, your dog is not stubborn, reward your dog, always bring treats, or just the simple ones that say like, yes, we're training. No, we can't say hi, please give us space or ask me about dog training. So it's like, depending on the dog you're working with, your situation, you can say, yeah, talk to me or no, don't talk to me, but I am a trainer. Just that kind of stuff to like self-advertise for trainers as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely more introverted. I mean, when I do sessions, I just did a session, I think it was last week with a puppy and we're trying to work on recall and, um, <laughs> It, some people struggle to be more animated, especially when you're outdoors. And they were like, oh, we're not as, we're not as fun as you. And I was like, I'm telling you, like, I am not like this in my day-to-day. -day. I mean, I am probably, Scott would probably say like, you are kind of like that. But <laughs> when I go outside of the house, if I'm not with people that I'm super, super comfortable with, I am quite reserved. I don't really right. talk a lot. Like I don't really, it's who I'm comfortable with. But when it comes to dogs, I'm like, what? like you know, just out, like, super happy yeah you have to be like if you're out without the pom-poms exactly if you're out and you know you're working on something you're trying to get that dog engaged so that it wants to come back to you for for recall like you better be interesting because oh yeah otherwise what's the point really I mean the dog's not gonna really but yeah I think people <laughs> I'm like you have to get comfortable even when we talk about recall cues, do you feel comfortable yelling this? And being exciting. Yeah, 
when you're out, because if not, then maybe we should think about something like a whistle instead. So the whistle does the work for you. Um, right. You need to have something that is going to, to elicit some response from the dog. Cause it can't just be here, come back. What do you do? It's like, I'm not coming to you. You sound boring. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go sniff that gopher hole. That sounds way more interesting than you. I saw a meme and it said, you have to be more interesting than dirt. And so I always say that to my clients and like, come on, come on. You got to be more interesting than dirt. Like if your dog's- And it's not that dirt. hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> like if you got cheese or beef liver, it ain't that hard. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but no, stubborn, I think is, is one of those ones that really- it almost, it elicits an immediate response for me. I Okay, let, I have to explain this one to you because, you know, because this one, we have to take a second out and just talk about it for a minute because I don't want them thinking that it's it's on their dog. It is exactly. a relationship. Just like if you were in a relationship with a person and you're not talking to them, you're not being very engaging. They are going to be like, wow, you're pretty boring. And if they start to ignore you, that would be because you are boring and something else is more important. You wouldn't turn to that person and say, you're being stubborn. Like that behavior is so disjointed. Like what the dog is doing is not being stubborn. Right. And I think another thing is that people can be stubborn. Yes. Dogs can't be. Dogs don't have that. Like, you know what? I know you're calling me. I know you got chicken, but screw you. I want to go sniff this. I'm going to be defiant. Like, no, they are being an animal. They are being a dog. You just need to up your ante and be more interesting if you want them, you know, high, high distraction equals high rewards. Like, yes, I will make kissy noises and be like, oh my God, with my puppy when I'm trying to get her attention when we're walking around a hardware store. If I get weird looks, fine. But you know what? My dog is super engaged with me. Yeah. No, I like saying that as well. Like, I'm like, I don't care if you look absolutely crazy, as long as your dog is coming back to you. If you look absolutely crazy, yeah. your dog's not coming back to you. That's the problem, but it's mostly not going to happen. So be crazy, be fun. Kayla from the Toby project. I think she mm -hmm. said you need to be the epicenter for your dog's engagement. Like you need to be the epicenter of oh, fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be, you got to bring the party. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? And we only, you know, it's just like us. You don't, you're not with your friends. You're, yeah, you might have a quiet friend, but in between that time that that friend is being quiet, there's, there's some engagement. There's some factor, which is fun. You know, they're not quiet all the time. Otherwise right. you wouldn't be hanging out with them. Exactly. Exactly. So where do you, where do you see wolf culture in maybe five years? What's the, what's the goal? Oh, um, I would really like to be able to have like a pop-up shop or even just a small little retail spot that people can come check out and offer even more different options to cater to everyone. I'd really like to, I'm actually working towards getting patches finally. So that's something exciting. Um, I just want to be able to get more people on board. Um, I saw an order today going out to Chile and I was like, oh my God, we're spreading. So <laughs> I just want to spread more awareness. I hope people continue to get more excited about force-free training methods and all that it entails. And if you're not using force-free methods right now, I'm not mad at you and I don't judge you, but I hope you come to our side because we have cookies and cool t-shirts. <laughs> Oh, that was the other thing I was going to ask you. I totally forgot until just now because I just did a post this morning, actually, which I had seen somebody had sent me a screenshot of something and it was terminology that is not um, the actual feeling behind it. So the word, I don't know if you yeah, saw stories. I didn't see that. It was a, be an advocate for your dog. So be an advocate in this scenario was the dog on an e-collar. I believe the dog on a slip lead and the person was to look around and be prepared that if their dog was going to react to something, they needed to be prepared to correct that dog through the e-collar in order to stop the behavior from happening. Now, the word on the, on the title was be an advocate. And that just, I just, yeah, 
I was like, that terminology is not, not being involved there. That has nothing to do with correction. Has what are you advocating for correcting your dog? Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the advocate part was. I believe the advocate part was more to correct your dog from escalating their behavior. It's just that that's always so interesting to me because that's what we do as force-free trainers. We just do it without pain and we just change how the dog feels. So I just, it's hard to wrap my head around. Like I would rather change the way my dog feels than suppress it. And I think that's where lines get drawn for some people. But also the dog look like, and again, it's a very short snippet, so I can't be entirely sure, but I'm, I'm, I'm like 99.9% sure that this was an adolescent German shepherd. And so that even more for me was like, what are you doing? Like, no, you know, like, no, but I was just going to ask you, how do you, how do you feel about the situations like that, where terminology basically gets spun on its head and used in a way which is contradictory to the emotional or the factual side of what it actually means. Like this happens a lot, right? It happens with positive reinforcement. It happens with reward-based training. It happens with this, the now the ad, be an advocate for your dog. Even things like my dog thrives on a specific tool or communication. That is one that I hear a lot is like, this is a tool oh, yeah. for communication. You're not communicating anything. <laughs> That's, I don't know. I mean- it's hard because I, I never was balanced to begin with. So it's hard for me to really understand where they're coming from. I mean, yeah, like when I was a kid or a teenager, we hired a trainer and they were doing, they had a balanced approach, but I never really was a balanced trainer. I never really used those tools. I maybe yelled at my dog or, you know, rub their face and pee like you did back in the early 90s but I never really did anything balanced so it's hard for me to come from that perspective as using that verbiage in that way but I can see where they are trying to do good by their animals by saying like be an advocate or it's a tool for communication but it's just that that little hairline split where you're like, mm, but are how are you advocating when you're not fully looking at the picture from all sides of what's going on, what's triggering, what your dog is feeling, how you can change how they're feeling. Instead, you just see it as, and maybe they don't, but for me, I see it that, you know, they, they might be looking at it as this is a problem and the only way to communicate it or work through it is to tell my dog no by correcting them without taking the time to change how the dog feels. And I think that's a lot of what that type of training is. And I'm not going to say balanced because I hate that word. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing we need to touch on, but I, it's, I don't want to say balanced training, but it's just, I think it's that way of training though. It's, you're not looking at the full picture and you want the quick results. And they, those tools do work because if they didn't work, they wouldn't be used. And it's just what type of results do you want in the end? For me, I want my relationship with my dog to be intact and I want them to trust me and not anticipate a correction or getting in trouble. I'd rather them just feel good about the situation over time. And I think that's how you create more lasting results instead of just getting it quick, not really caring how the dog is feeling in the situation and just getting the training done fast. And I think that's why so many trainers that use those aversive tools end up on TV because they're able to show the quick results. Someone was saying that, and maybe I'm going off on a tangent, but someone was saying that R plus and positive reinforcement based training is a lot like paint drying on a wall, watching it dry on the wall because it's slow and it takes time and you're moving at the dog's pace, but we get the lasting and honestly, in my opinion, better results. 
Did I, I go mean, on a if tangent? that painting was a Picasso, maybe. Like, <laughs> like it's not that hard, but I think that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I look at it, I look at it as deception. So like for me, maybe it's just my personality, but I look at situations like that where they're using terminology in a way which is giving a false sense of what's actually happening. So like in there, when they're saying advocate for me, and especially because I've just done some posts recently about being an advocate for your dog and what that actually means, I find that to be totally contradictory to the message that I'm trying to give. Like nowhere in my messages does it say that you should be correcting your dog. Nowhere do I feel like being an advocate is correcting your dog. Like, no, I think maybe in that situation, they maybe meant like advocating by being prepared and setting up the situation, but still, I don't think that's setting up the situation in a way where your dog can come out with a win. No, it's, it is. Oh, that bugs me. I don't like that now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, the first one I ever saw was, um, I was looking, I was looking up for, um, a client before I was doing like virtuals. I was looking for a client in their local area. And I think the words, I may have searched like positive reward or positive reinforcement training or something like that. And then this person came up and it said, you know, training for behavior, blah, 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 with positive reinforcement. And so I went and I looked through their pictures and not, but two pictures in was a dog on a prong collar. And I went, what? Like, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. It's like, you see this, you don't see this. Yeah. But then I I went through and I was like, oh, this is very, very confusing for Mm -hmm. me, let alone like for this person to, um, you know, be saying this. It was that situation where it was the first time I ever encountered that. And it kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was like, this is so I'm as a person, I'm very much um, this needs to be this. And if it's not this, then why is it? Why don't say it that? Yeah. (laughs) It's very perplexing for me. So when it was happening, I was like, I mean, thank God for Scott, because he has to explain so many. I'm like, is this what I think it is? Because I'm thinking it's this. And he's like, no, that's it. And I'm like, I knew it. But I do that with Josh too. I'm like, did I, did I read this wrong? Am I reading it right? I don't know. Like, (laughs) for example, we were trying to find a daycare for Fern because, you know, mama needs to be able to work and I can't entertain her all the time. But so we were looking for a daycare near us and my friend went to one and she was like, oh, it's awesome. He had a great time. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll look it up. I see a lot of words of balance and then they have a training side and their training talks about commands and using corrections and their balanced approach. And I'm like, nope, red flag, red flag, red flag. Nope, not sending my dog there. Like, you probably use spray bottles on the dogs. Like, and it's, but it's stuff like that, that the average dog guardian doesn't notice or know to look for They're just like, oh, they have a balanced approach and, oh, they use commands. Cool. Like, but for me, I'm like, nope, nope. My dog will be traumatized. That is a red flag. And then I look up another daycare that um, a fellow trainer recommended to me. And I was like, oh, this is everything I want. Like they are strictly positive reinforcement based. It says it on their website. I was like, yep, that's it. Like that's all I needed to see. But it's funny how words will do that. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm working on setting up my training business uh, where I am because there are no positive reinforcement based training businesses anywhere near me. Um, I would be the only one. So I'm like, "Mm, I should capitalize on that and help Mm. people in my neighborhood. I think it's hard to educate people as well, because if we're telling them to you to look for these certain terms and, and words, and then they look for them, they find them. We're not also saying if there is this avoid, like if there Mm -hmm. is this, we have, you know, kind of a, a good, a good and a bad necessary. I don't want to say good and bad. Cause that sounds like, you know, are you it's so black and white and it's not a big old check, but, and I think as well, if you, and this is something I tell people, you know, when they are looking is if you are not seeing what you want to see within, you know, a few seconds of looking at somebody's information, that's not good to be clear like so I mean my whole point is I just want to emphasize like and what I have been emphasizing on Pacific North Woof's 
Instagram is certified trainers, trainers that get their education because, and so I want to draw attention to that. And so I can set myself apart and be like, look, you need someone that got an education in it, has certification and knows what the hell they're doing to be instructing a general audience instead of just like, no, oh, well, I can teach a dog to sit. Yeah. I don't even really teach a dog to sit anymore. <laughs> I know. See, and that's, that's also part as well. It's like, that is like the least of my concerns. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just not have her react when a dog is running. I'll be happy. <laughs> Burns getting into that period. God, we're hitting that. Like, it's always like around six to like nine months. They get in that phase of like, oh, could reactivity become a thing? Are we flirting with it? And it's just like having to gear up on training and it's like, oh, see, like, just cause we're trainers does not mean we do not go through the same situations that everyone else goes through with their dogs. Oh God, no. I mean, if anybody's yeah. listened to this podcast before they would know my, the trials of Lycan, like he has been <laughs> just the, you know, if, if you ever f- want to feel humble, about your, your training skills or your be your knowledge of behavior, I would would hope that you have a lichen in your life because that will definitely humble you for sure. Right. Yeah. Friends knocked me down a few pegs. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I see. I see where all my puppy clients struggled and why they didn't believe me. It's nice though to be able to say to people like, look, I have been where you are. And it does get, I just had this with a session not too long ago um, where the person just basically said like, is this ever going to get better? And I was like, it will, it will. I cannot give you it a will. time frame. We right. are working on, you know, several things, but if you're seeing improvement, which you are seeing improvement, then this is just going to keep going. You know, it doesn't mean other things aren't going to pop up, but I can tell you through my own personal experiences, as I look at like and laying and sleeping so adorably right now, it does get better and <laughs> will get better. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like that's what Josh, my husband and I have been trying to do. I'm like, it's better. Is it getting better? And he's like, it's much better than it was like two months ago. I'm like, you're right. Okay. It is getting better. It's getting better. It will get better. I'm like two years. We just got to hit two years. It'll be so much better. Yeah. Yeah. That was the hard one. They were like, when is it going to get better? I'm like, oh, like two and a half, three. And they were like, oh my God. I was like, but it will get better before then. It will get, it's, you know, it's a, it's a process. It don't worry about it, but it does. I mean, yeah, it ebbs and flows. It's not linear. And I mean, think of it this way. It's like having a toddler, you know, they're not able to do a lot of things until they're like five, six and still like be happy with a puppy. Cause they'll get rounded out around two and a half, three years old. <laughs> Absolutely. And even our own, you know, our own selves, like, are you amazing all of the time? Like, no, it's, it's human nature to have these kind of, you know, peaks and troughs. Right. And we can't expect that from our dogs to be amazing all of the time. I mean, they are already all amazing, but like, you know, I mean, <laughs> there are time, I mean, there are times with Nero even, and I consider him to be my, my perfect, perfect boy, but there are times where I'm like, Nero, what are you doing? Like, are you having a crazy moment? Like, do you forget yourself? Like it's, you know, it's perfect. <laughs> Those are the fun parts, you know, when the dogs are being goofy, sometimes we just have to laugh. Like, otherwise what's the point of having a dog as part of your life? Exactly. And I do like that, you know, we as people, we do not have good days. And I can't, I don't think we should expect that of our dogs. You know, I mean, the last few days I've been down and feeling like, no, I don't want to do anything. I'm unmotivated. I hate life. But then I look at Fern and I'm like, she's happy. She's feeling motivated today. I'm just going to roll on whatever mood she's on. And then, you know, some days I'm feeling good and she's not feeling good. So I think there's just, I'm going to have a good association with this word and it's about finding a balance (laughs) we're taking it back using balance in that term yeah (laughs) reclaim that word i think and when people say like oh it doesn't work it's like then you weren't doing it right (laughs) duh deborah and hire a trainer yeah right so do you want to let everyone know where they can find you on social media certainly So Facebook and Instagram, it is just woof culture. Culture is spelled C-U-L 
TR. Took me a minute to try and spell my own business name. It's fine. <laughs> um, uh, and then my training business, I'm getting it up off the ground. I should be taking clients virtually, uh, hopefully by June. And that is just Pacific North Woof. Since I am in the Pacific Northwest, I thought that was fitting. I do. I do love that name. It's super, super cute. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I am just going to round out the rest of the episode by just asking you some fun questions. Da, 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 Ooh. Da. Ooh, I like the theme music. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I created it. Um, <laughs> again, this is like being inside my head. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite tradition or holiday? Ooh. I think Halloween. And I think that's primarily because I, my birthday is two days before Halloween. So I love getting dressed up and doing crazy makeup and just being all fun. I think Halloween's probably my favorite holiday. Halloween is the best. Halloween is amazing. <laughs> I love it. I wish it was Halloween like, because isn't fall just the, I love fall. It's the perfect season. I'm yes. not too cold. I agree completely. So do you, I want to know, I want to, I want to know a little bit more. Did you have to, when you were growing up, did like your mom and dad try to like, you know, wrangle in Halloween themes with your birthday or? Every year. <laughs> every like year. What, every year. I well, so I was due on Halloween, but I was just too big for my mother. So I came out two days early. And um, when I was in like the nursery area, they dressed me up like a giant pumpkin. I have that photo somewhere, but like, it's always been Halloween. I always celebrate it. Um, always Halloween themed birthdays, always asking my friends to dress up because you know, it's my birthday weekend. So, <laughs> and my husband's like, I think he's dressed up twice in the seven years we've been together. <laughs> do you do couples costumes or do you do your own thing? Um, we usually do our own thing. Oh, goodness. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> what a fictional world or place would you like to visit? Ooh. Oh, that's a, that's a hard one. Either between the Game of Thrones setting overall or a Harry Potter world. Technically, you could visit Harry Potter World if you go to Florida, but they need a Game of Thrones world, I would say. I don't know. We we were really into Game of Thrones, and I would totally, I totally, totally was into it. But the last season just it threw us. Oh, it, oh, that's the one show we binged hardcore during the pandemic, and I was like, are we prepared to be let down? Because everyone said we're supposed to be really heavily let down in the last season. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I don't know. And then we were ramping up and I'm like, I see the letdown. It happened. Mm -hmm. I was yeah. so let down. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was sad. Yeah. Oh, RIP Game of Thrones. <laughs> we had some good times. Um, so what is your favorite breakfast food? Ooh. Oh, I, hmm, God, <laughs> Renee, you're just hitting me with hard ones. I don't know. Usually I am very, oh, so cliche California girl. And I like my avocado toast with some everything but the bagel seasoning and a nice mm. over easy egg. But lately I've kind of been into like polenta with egg and cheese. Polenta, what is polenta? Is that corn? Mm -hmm. It's like grits kind of oh. I just go with like some marinara sauce and sauteed veggies and egg and cheese oh, so good. I love my food <laughs> okay all right all right um, you're like all right Mandy you're kind of weird <laughs> no because I'm thinking because in America um we have cornbread but when I'm in England I can't Great. really I mean unless I bring home some uh boxes of Jiffy I can't really get any love Jiffy um I can't really get <laughs> I can't really get stuff. So polenta is what I would buy from the Polish shops to make, or what was it called? Corn groats. It was either corn groats or polenta oh, yeah. that I would get yeah. to make cornbread here. I didn't see that working. A big so thing in San Francisco was like 
polenta fries and they would dip them in marinara. That was a big thing in the city. Yeah. So that's the only thing I've ever used it for. So like, that's why I was a little bit perplexed when you were saying, but I can see it happening because it's such a, a mild base that you can just build mm-hmm. anything onto that. I shall accept that answer. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite time of day and why? Ooh. You know, it's interesting. So we wake up at like 5.30. Um, that's early for a lot of people, but I like like 7 a.m. when like the town is just quiet. There aren't a lot of people out. It's like brisk. And I think that's because that's when we walk our dogs before we start our day. And I just, I love that time of day. It's calm. It's cool, especially like early summer. It's just perfect. Cause not, I think it's just cause there's no people out. <laughs> and so I like that time of day when there's less people outside. <laughs> I would have introvert maybe. (laughs) No, I would totally have to agree on that time because I, I, I agree. Like, it's like, I don't know. There's like a promise of the day, but it's like, Mm -hmm. things haven't really started. And that's perfect coffee time for me when I wake up early and it's like kind of misty, but cool. And especially what you were saying about summertime when it's still cool before the day kind of heats up. It's Mm -hmm. perfect. Don't get me started on coffee. I already had a, I already, I already get a lot of um, messages from Beth Brokobian from uh, uh, Rehab Your Rescue because in our um, chat, I couldn't stop talking about ice cream. So I feel the same way about coffee as I do about ice cream. (laughs) And coffee and ice cream go great together if anyone's wondering. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I have like three loves for, sorry, Scott. Um, I have like four loves in my life. The dogs coffee ice cream and scott like if i had that i think i'd be good yeah right (laughs) but no coffee is amazing i don't know how i would get through life without it it's just beautiful right the older i get the more anxiety i get from it but it's worth it (laughs) (laughs) why do you get anxiety from coffee i don't know it like ramps me up and like my brain can't catch up with my body and so i'm just like ah Oh God. <laughs> there was like a, I want to say it was a video going around. It's like, here's my second cup for the day. Now will this give me anxiety or energy? And I'm like, hmm, both. <laughs> <laughs> I have had that. If I have coffee, so I have to have coffee in the morning. If I have it past a certain time, I won't sleep. But it, oh yeah, no. Yeah. After 3 p.m. I'm screwed. Yeah, no, you can't. That's got to be a decaf time if you do that. But yeah, I can, I can understand the anxiety part, but that tends to be if I've had or super, super strong coffee that yeah. I've had before where I'm like, and we Ooh. do, we drink really strong coffee. So if anyone from the Bay area is listening, I, I drink Phil's coffee hardcore all the time <laughs> two two to three times a day. And that is a very strong coffee. <laughs> it's gotta be, it's gotta be a good coffee. Otherwise, what's the point really? It's not worth the anxiety sweats if it's crappy coffee. <laughs> that should be their slogan if they don't already have one. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me on this conversation, Nancy. Yes. Thank you for having me on. It's been very fun laughing and nerding out with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's, you know, if it's about dogs, definitely let's dogs and coffee. Absolutely. So it's a conversation worth having. (laughs) Of course. Uh. (laughs) Hey there listeners. I hope you enjoyed your episode. I just wanted to take this moment to remind you that if you are experiencing behavior concerns with your dog, you have the ability to work with me virtually. There is so much that can be done through virtual consultations. Even what I offer in my initial behavior assessments really gets people pointed in the right direction and started on that journey towards helping their dog feel more confident. So if you need some help with your dog or maybe you've been thinking about refreshing some of your training, I offer both one-to-one virtual consultations and online group classes. My current group classes are my Foundation Puppy course, which is for puppies between the ages of eight weeks to six months. Then I have my new course, Acing Adolescence, 
which is for puppies from the age of around six months to 18 months. And finally, Crazy to Calm, which addresses both newly adopted dogs and also dogs that might need a little bit of a refresher course. You can book and find more information available on my website at rplusdogs.com. I so look forward to working with you. Thank you.